Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Vlog. I am the critic who is a cynic. Hope you're doing well. And today, I am joined once again by my chosen of Valhalla. Starting firstly with Mr. Kyle Outpost Dyer. Kyle, how is it going? Good, sir. Pretty early for Sunday, but uh, waking up for the stream is definitely worth it. Awesome. Glad to hear. Yeah, what's it? what time is it over there for you? Uh, seven in the morning. Ooh, seven in the morning. Gotta be fresh. Gotta go downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still Sunday, though, right? Yes, it's still Sunday. Oh, thank God for that. It's better. It's better than being seven a.m. on a Monday. Some of my, uh, yeah, some of true. my uh, Australian people. That's that's kind of what they're going to be dealing with pretty soon. Yeah. If not already. I hate Mondays. <laughs> Bad case of the Mondays. Joining me also from the road is Laura Story. Laura, how art thou doing? Hi, I just would like to say goodbye to everyone. It was nice knowing you because I'm going to die here on Highway 5. <laughs> because we, we already had, like, semis kind of, like, weaving over into our lane. and It's, it's typical Highway 5 driving, you know. Oh, you, boy. You go 95, like, five feet from the person in front of you's bumper and just pray they don't stop. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I was very glad when I lived in California for, for nine months, I didn't drive. I just drove a bicycle. Not drove a bicycle, rode a bicycle. And it looked awful there. Anytime I was in a cab, because I don't think there was Uber then when I was in California. But every time I was on the 405, it was a nightmare. And I, I'm so glad and happy I never had to worry about driving because it looked awful. <laughs> uh, well, today we are going to be talking... A little bit about Endgame spoilers about the box office. And also, I would assume we'll probably talk about Game of Thrones since the big Battle of Winterfell is supposed to happen tonight. So I figure we'll we'll start there, I guess. Uh, so, Kyle, are you a Game of Thrones person? Yeah, so I'm a huge fan, but um, I have not seen anything from the season. So, oh, uh, yeah, I don't have HBO. I'm not going to you know take the plunge just for Game of Thrones. So I just wait until it comes out and watch it when it gets... Uh, when iTunes releases it or whatever. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, for a me. A huge fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan too, but I also, I don't own it. Uh, basically, my parents have a cable package that includes HBO, and so I uh, still, you know, uh, vouch off them for a bit. But after this season, I'll really not really have a reason to because right. I only was doing it really for Game of Thrones. Me and my little brother, uh, who, you know, I say little, but he's, you know, 20, 27. Uh, living up in Philadelphia, so both of us use it because we both love Game of Thrones, and so it's going to be weird not using it this year, for sure. Well, I mean, they are coming out with five other Game of Thrones shows, so, I mean, there might be a reason to subscribe yourself, so... Yeah, I, I guess, but again, I'm I'm kind of hesitant on whether or not those shows will be good or not, especially with the direction they seem to be going behind the scenes with the show, but we'll, we'll see. I'm still excited. I, I like the show and I love it. And I'm excited for tonight as well. Um, uh, Laura, are you a Thrones person? Oh, yeah. I am. Um, you know, I went back and hopefully you can hear me. I went back and read all the books and uh, really ended the season this year. Uh, it's interesting. I've heard a, a lot of uh, who are diehard Game of Thrones fans don't care for the series since it went away from the books but 
Yeah, and I understand that to a point, too, because obviously, if you are a fan of a book series in general, kind of similar to my wife loves Harry Potter, and Harry Potter, whenever it didn't really follow the books very well, she was very critical of it. And I feel like for Game of Thrones, it makes sense that when they would start to go away from it, it wasn't even that they were necessarily changing a whole lot. It was mostly that, you know, obviously the book material stopped because, uh, you know, George R. R. Martin has kind of, you know, fallen into this place of not being able to finish this book. And so they decided just to go on their own a bit. And some people like it. Some people don't. I will definitely say that the newer stuff is not as strong as the original content. And I, I was talking about this. I think it was on Gary over on the Nerdrotic channel. We were talking a little bit about Thrones and how there were certain lines from the book that they kept in the series that were awesome. And it just shows you how brilliant of a writer he is. But I do feel like the creators of this show, you know, they, they, they have they have a talent to them. But they definitely can't world build like George R. R. Martin can, so I can definitely understand that. But uh, Laura, are you excited for the Battle of Winterfell tonight? Yeah, we're actually trying to find somewhere in L.A. to do like a, a group watch party. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking for that probably after I get off the stream here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just hope there's some twists and some stuff we don't expect because that's when the show is fun mm-hmm. when crazy stuff happens. But yeah, it was Gary. Gary. Uh, Gary is very intelligent, and I, I love listening to him because he brings a, you know, with a comic book perspective, he, he brings a different point of view to the discussion. I really did start thinking about it. I was like, you know what? It, the, since it got past the point where the books were, the writing just hasn't been as good, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, and for me, too, I, I feel like when it comes to this 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 episode tonight, the first two episodes, the reason why I've, I've been kind of frustrated with this season especially is because the first two episodes were like almost entirely filler episodes. And after having years of exposition, we don't need that anymore. You know, they could have made the first two episodes into one episode and it would have been fine. They could have cut some of the fat and they could have had, you know, a good time with it. But... I feel that with this episode, yeah, I think that people are going to die. And I think it's going to be a lot of people because, again, they're not following the books anymore. And so they can basically go in whatever direction they want. And technically, theoretically, the books could go in an entirely different direction as well. So I think that it's going to be fascinating to see who actually dies tonight. And also, since uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Endgame spoilers today, I know that a lot of people are going to be wanting to see that happen live because they know someone's going to die because, I mean, at this point, if no one dies, then, I mean, that, that, if they want to subvert expectations, no one dies. Now that, would, now, that would surprise people. But I think at least one person, at least one person's going to die. I actually have a, um, my wife sent me, it's a bingo card. And you fill it out, you know, who's going to die. Which is kind of morbid. But yeah, I would love to see something like unexpected happen. Like you know, in, instead of a battle, maybe they just get you know held up. Maybe they just kind of are, are you know the old siege tactics where you just kind of wait out your enemy kind yeah. of situation. Oh no no, I, and there's, I, I mean that would be interesting, boring, but you know. Well, what was she saying? I didn't actually catch that. <laughs> she, she she watched the stream too. Maybe we'll get her on the live stream next time. Oh, okay, she's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Kyle, uh, so obviously you you haven't caught up with this season yet. Really, realistically, you haven't missed too much. 
as far as like actual plot, it's been mostly just exposition reunions galore has been kind of like the, the theme of the, the, the first two episodes, but tonight is going to be the big battle. So if you had to, I guess we can move to kind of a, a prediction. Uh, who do you think is going to die in the battle of, of Winterfell? This is uh, the final, uh, this is finally us getting a battle with the night King. And so it's going to be the battle of the dead versus the battle of the living. So if you had to guess, like, Maybe some like a top choice of someone you think is going to die very quickly. Who would you think? Okay, um, let's see. So I don't know who all is at Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, obviously the Starks and Danny, uh, I would assume. So uh, before I answer that, I do want to back up and say I agree with Laura. The books are are really really great, and yeah, the show diverged from the books. I kind of see it as two different canons. You know, you got the book canon, and then you got the show canon. And since they're so far apart from each other uh, along, you know, over the years, I have no problem uh, discerning the two of them. So I'm, I'm cool with that. So, but for the Battle of Winterfell, mm, who, who all is there? I mean, pretty much every person except for Cersei. Oh. Yeah, Cersei is still in uh, King's Landing, and she is there with the Mountain. And so, mm-hmm. as far as like named characters, those are the two main ones that I can think of. There's also, I forget the guy's name because they've kind of, uh, according to Gary, they have kind of ruined his character from the books. He's, he's the new King of the Iron Isles. And oh, uh, yeah. Ewan or you, no, not Ewan. Um, Theon. Not Theon. No, no not Theon. Not the, Theon? The, 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 uh, the older brother. Oh, uh, Huron. Huron. Yeah, that's it. Huron. That's it. So he's like he's the only other character, but he hasn't really been that big. Even in season seven, he was kind of cool. But uh, Gary was telling me that they have not done that character justice at all. So yeah, no, they haven't. Um, okay, so I figure that since everyone's at Winterfell, they're probably going to do some kind of like Brienne of Tarth, uh, Jamie Lannister, and Tormund, uh, like. Not it's not a love triangle or anything, but you know it's those three characters that are all kind of orbiting each other. So I feel that at least one of them, if not two of them, are probably gonna are probably gonna get it. Okay. So uh, let's see who else is there. I feel maybe Jora. Okay. Jora Mormont, he mm-hmm. might perish as well. So okay. I like Jora. I've always liked him. So yeah, I like him too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know a lot of people think that Jorah is probably going to be one to go at some point. I-, I would say, you know, probably saving him, you know, sacrificing himself for his true love, the queen. I yeah. think that obviously that would be a-, a way that he would go. And Brienne of Tarth, I, I wasn't thinking of-, of her dying until last episode. So since you haven't caught up, do you care much about spoilers? No, I don't care about spoilers because, like I said before, at this point, books and, and show is so divergent. Mm-hmm. You know, just... I mean, for all we know, the creators are going to go in a totally different ending than Martin. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it totally doesn't bother me at all. It yeah. does not ruin my viewing experience. Okay, cool. So, anyway, uh, anyone that is in the chat doesn't want to know Game of Thrones spoilers. If you haven't seen a couple of uh, the, the first two episodes of this season, you might want to uh, put your earmuffs on for, for a few minutes. But the last episode, it was actually one of my favorite parts of the episode because everything else was pretty much filler, was Brianna Tarth gets knighted by, uh, by Jamie Lannister. Because Jamie Lannister mm-hmm. talks about, they're all talking about knighthood and how doesn't she want to be a knight, etc. And she's like, you know, well, women can't be knights. 
And then basically uh, Jamie says, oh, a king does not have to be the person. A king or a queen does not have to be the person that knights. Any knight can knight another person. And so she kneels. She's knighted. And it's a really cool moment between them and uh, uh, Tormund is there, of course, and there's a whole thing with Tormund. Uh, but no, I think that now she's definitely on the chopping block because she's had this huge moment in her life. This is definitely going to motivate her to be even more of a badass than she already was before. And so I think that because of that, she's going to push herself, either sacrificing herself for somebody or uh, something to that effect. And I would say that she, to me, seems the most likely to, to eat the dust, at least, at least uh, for tonight's episode, I would say. Well, uh, if she got knighted, then it feels like her story has come, you know, full circle and mm-hmm. it's complete. She's, you know, her arc is finished. So, yeah, I mean, naturally it would seem. So I guess if you want to subvert expectations, you actually let her live. Yeah. Maybe, ooh, maybe Tormund and Jamie are both attacked at the same time and she sees both of them go down and she's got to decide oh, which one to save. That so, could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will say if they did that though. It has to be Jamie because there's a definitely a relationship there. Where with Tormund, Tormund's interested in her, and she's just like, yeah. uh, not yeah. really into it. So, yeah. Well, I also think maybe Jamie is going to eat it too, since uh, he lost his sword hand, and mm. from what I can remember, he hasn't become proficient with his other. So. Yeah, you know. so he's he's fine, he's good enough, but yeah, another really cool moment from last episode was that they were on the battlefield together, this was before the knighting, and he says that he would be honored to fight underneath her leadership, and so he's going to be with her on the same flank that she's on, on the battlefield, so okay. there's definitely a lot that could be set up for them to be together, and one of them die, you know, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it actually makes, to me, more sense. Maybe Jamie Lannister, that's his arc, is that he sacrifices himself for her. And mm. she lives, and she is a knight, and now he has kind of turned this whole thing around from him being one of the most hated characters in the beginning, having this really great arc where he finally becomes human, and he really becomes a a character that people, a lot of people can you know, associate with, and... Now that finally comes to completion by him actually sacrificing, putting someone else completely before himself. And, you know, his whole thing was that he is the one that stabs someone in the back. What if now he is the one that takes the knife, you know, in the front and and does yeah. so willingly? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that could happen from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. I, w- I always figured it would be, since they changed how he killed the Mad King, I always figured in the end it would be him stabbing Cersei in the back. But, you know, maybe they don't go that route. Yeah. True. Uh, Laura, what do you think? Uh, who's going to die tonight? Who do you think is the best, most likely to die tonight? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, the dragon is headed towards King's Landing, and the army is surrounding Winterfell. And I think that dragon's going to burn up all of that fleet uh, that's sitting down there. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, he'll get to kill Cersei, but Oh, that's actually uh, that's actually interesting. I never even thought about that. What if the Night King knows what's going on? And so that would be interesting if he sends the dragon down south and it's Cersei that gets fried because the dragon just destroys uh, King's Landing and then his army is there and that's what we see. Oh, man, I never thought about that. That would be interesting. Yeah, I don't I just I just see the army just kind of like waiting him out. They're like, well, you know, all of you guys are locked in there together. We'll just, you know, we're dead. We don't need to eat. We don't need to rest. We'll just stand here. Mm-hmm. 
until you guys all starve, and then, you know, then we'll fight you. Yeah. So, I don't oh, know how that would work point. in a show, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, um, I think that it would be more than that because Danny does have the two dragons, and so the dragons can obviously, you know, kill and destroy a bunch of the uh, army of the dead. So I, that'd be interesting if the if the dragon, though. Now, what I could see happening is uh, the ice dragon ends up killing one of the dragons, maybe not both, but one of the dragons, and then when the other one maybe might be wounded but not dead, but is like out of commission because maybe the wings get burned off or something. Then that's when all of a sudden the Night King looks up and then the dragon flies away and they're like, where is he going? Oh my God, he's going to King's Landing. And that could be a moment for Jamie too, because then Jamie is going to see, oh God, the woman that I've, you know, loved for my, most of my life is now at risk. So that, that could be interesting. The, um, the guy who shot the arrow at the first dragon, Braun, I think his name is, where is he? Because... Yeah, if, Bron, if he's in King's Landing, yeah. Okay, so that might set up something interesting there if they have another one of those huge. Uh, well, here's the thing: crossbows. is that if they destroy that, people might think Bronze dead. But what if Cersei gets killed in that, you know, that dragon attack, and then all of a sudden you realize that he left because he's on his way to the north to kill? Because remember, he was promised the gold and the land. He, you know, to go and try and kill Tyrion. And what if, like, the end of this or next episode, all of a sudden it's Bronn just showing up and he has to make that decision. And maybe he doesn't know that Cersei's no longer alive, that the Lannisters no longer hold the throne. And, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities that could happen. Yeah, I think the only person who, to me, seems like she has, like, a plan is Arya, mm-hmm. you know, with the special weapon. It's like, she looks like she's got something she's planning on doing. Yeah. No, absolutely, and and it's been you know really cool to see the, those characters you know develop over over that period of time for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see tonight what happens and who dies. And it's one of those things too where because it's on a Sunday evening, I always sometimes just forget, and then I realize it's Sunday. Oh, it's Game of Thrones night, and it's going to be sad to kind of you know even with the spinoffs in the future, it's going to be sad to not have that same feeling of oh it's Thrones night. I need to dedicate all of my time and attention to to this show <laughs> yeah it's like that with walking dead you know mm-hmm. when it's it's only on for like eight episodes of, at a time and you really miss it when it's not there yeah yeah absolutely um i'm gonna go ahead and uh read off a couple of notifications that i've been getting so uh cody stamba uh welcome to the uh, channel on youtube cherokee feather entertainment thank you for subscribing your average new your your average newer new yorican Thank you for subscribing to the channel as well. Also, Florida Rogue, thanks for following me on Twitch. Bring back the perm, Jeremy. Thank you for subscribing. Nicholas Vela, welcome. <laughs> thank you for subscribing. Uh, Brian Givens, thank you for subscribing. And also, I think I missed this chat last night because it was sent maybe towards the end. Proper Jenny, or as I like to call him, Proper Ginevra, thank you for that super chat last night. He says, Cobra Kai is better than Endgame. I would agree with that, and that is a good transition uh, to the next topic, which, of course, is all about Endgame, but first off, uh, thank you so much, the Senate, for the Six Lemons over on DLive. Epic Fail Legion, thank you very much for the ice cream as well, and I'm seeing all the chats over there, and let's see, no one is watching over on uh, Twitch, but that is okay. Again, that is okay if no one's watching over there. Dion, thank you for the lemon over on DLive as well, appreciate that. And yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about some fun Endgame spoiler talk. So, first off, the big news of today is the fact that we now have 
a film that has made $1.2 billion in its opening weekend alone, which is just absolutely insane when you think about it. So, uh, Laura, when it comes to Endgame, how much money do you think this movie is going to end up making by the end of its run? Oh, God, who knows? I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, every, every seat for, uh, I think, two weeks uh, was sold out at the theater that I go to, mm-hmm. which I, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, even the seats, like, way in front, the crappy front row seats. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, you've got the... A lot of people are going to buy this in Blu-ray. And I guess they'll go to the streaming service, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, God, who knows? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Kyle, what about you? How much do you think that this movie is going to make by the end of its run? Oh, I think uh, based upon hype alone... Uh, by the way, I'm no movies expert, so but I'd say based on hype alone from Infinity War, uh, probably 2.5, or at least more, at least more than uh, Infinity War. Oh, for sure. So as I as I mentioned, this film has made 1.2 billion as of Sunday, like as of today, which is insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, if you follow trends, this film is set to get close to if not exceed $2 billion by even next weekend. Wow. And if you go by the rule of thumb that most films tend to make around 50 to 60% of their entire box office in the first two weeks, I mean, if it's $2 billion, this film could make well over $3 billion, could make just around $3 billion. And so that's why like, I get stuck in that place because hmm. I think just, just box, obviously, you know, in the Blu-ray DVD sales, it's going to make money there too. Maybe not as much since the streaming service is going to be kind of the main focus of Disney going forward. But it's it's truly insane to me that there are so many there's so much money going to this film, and it's a lot to do with the fact that I understand that it's 11 years in the making. It's the 22nd film, but also as many of you know, I'm just not a big fan of it either because of the various plot holes throughout. And I saw that Starwoke uh, Nico says, how many plot holes are in the film? Oh my gosh, a plethora of plot holes are in this film. And mostly it has to do with their really shoddy attempt at time travel. And, you know, obviously you guys know this is a spoiler stream. So if you're here, you saw the title. So if you don't want spoilers, well, I mean, that, that that's on you for clicking on it. <laughs> Wait, this is spoilers? I gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the only person on here who has not seen it yet is indeed Kyle, is Apost Dyer. But he says that spoilers don't really tend to uh, affect his, you know, or impact whether or not he enjoys a movie or not. And so, I guess starting with Kyle, you know, since uh, since you're someone that has not seen the movie, have you been hearing a whole lot of spoilers about the film? And if you have, what are some things that you've been taking away from it? Okay, so surprisingly, I I pretty much stay off the internet. Um... Yeah, unless I'm checking on like a social media to talk with family. So I haven't clicked on anything or read anything. We have a, a rule at work. It's when a movie comes out, there's two weeks of no talking about it. Uh, after that, it's kind of like, well, you had your chance to watch it. So mm-hmm. I, I've got like another week or so to to get it watched before. So I've I've even asked a couple of them. I'm like, hey, tell me, does this happen? And they're like, well, I don't know. Maybe it does or maybe it doesn't. I'm like, no, come on. Don't do that. I, I really want to know. I, if I didn't want to know, I wouldn't have asked. So, um, yeah, I just uh, – I was going to go see it, and but uh, I got offered some tickets to go on opening night, 
and I turn those down to spend some quality time with family. So, okay. uh, you know, priorities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, family always will trump a movie, no matter what. Um, also, Lando Calrissian. Lando. Hello, Lando. Thank you very much for the Canadian 99-cent super chat, man. Lando, it's been a long time. I feel like you haven't been around in a while. He says, Dr. Doom dies in Endgame. No. Get out of there with that nonsense. There's definitely no Dr. Doom death because he hasn't even been introduced to the, to the uh, Endgame universe or to the the MCU universe yet. So, all right. Yeah, so no spoilers. That's That's been – yeah, that, that's a pretty lucky life, though, I will say, because <laughs> I feel like in the world we live in – you know, even if you're not on social media, I think that people just in general conversation and yeah. just general stuff in general, like they will talk spoilers. It's just a natural thing. And yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, yeah, please I agree. Continue. No, 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 no. I, I was just saying. Yeah, uh, I am kind of lucky that I haven't had any spoilers yet. And again, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. I I was lucky with Shazam and Aquaman and in uh, you know uh, Infinity War. So. The last time I, I really spoiled a movie, like chose myself to go hunt down anything, was uh, in '99 when the Phantom Menace came out. The comic mm-hmm. came out like oh, a couple of weeks or or a month before the movie, and so of course I went and bought the comic and read it. So nice, very cool. <laughs> uh, so Laura, as someone who has seen the movie, what are some of your initial thoughts about it, especially when it comes to plot holes and time travel and character deaths, etc. Oh, I'm sorry. The wife is talking to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, always, you... always interrupting. Uh. Uh, well, asking you know, asking you to be quiet for an hour in the Central Valley when there's like nothing to look at but like farmland. You know, she's doing pretty good. She's doing pretty good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I remember being confused, and there was a my daughter couldn't go with me which upset me, but the guy next to me picked up her ticket at the last minute. So he was like super excited. Mm-hmm. He was like, I couldn't believe I got a ticket. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, you're sitting in my daughter's seat. So hi. So we, we kind of bonded and through the whole movie, we were like whispering to each other. Cause he was like very confused. Mm-hmm. And so was I, I was like, wait a minute. Where, where did Captain Marvel go? <laughs> she's just, she was there and then she's gone. And, and, uh, you know, I think we we're annoying people around us because we kept asking each other questions. I was like, I, I have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah. No, and <laughs> I, I think like I've been drinking or something. I was <laughs> like, I, I, I can't follow what's okay. So they're going back in time, but they can only go back in time one more time, but they're going back to get more time stuff to go forward. I was like, uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, I definitely think that. Um, my biggest problem, and you actually brought up something that I hadn't really thought a whole lot about because I just don't like thinking a whole lot about Brie Larson. Um, but, uh, I mean, my, my, my channel wouldn't reflect that, but I really don't. Um, I think that that doesn't make any sense at all that she left because her whole logic and mindset is, oh, well, the whole rest of the universe needs to be taken care of. But here's the thing. If Thanos has wiped out half the universe with the snap and you're trying to defeat Thanos and you're trying to find another way forward, don't you think that you would be around? Like, don't you think that it would be a big part of your job to be like, we need to find anything through any means possible, and that she would be around, or that she would at least be easily accessible, and would be around, and also, they've already established in this movie that there's some level of time travel, because they're able to do the time travel element, I mean, not not, rather, not, not time travel, sorry, uh, light speed travel. Because at one point they're in the ship and then they jump 
and then they're in this next part of space. So since that is now confirmed, how is it that it took her that long to find out something was happening and that she needed to be there? Like that also, again, potholes don't make any sense. Add on top of that, the time travel nonsense, which it seems like they were just making up on the fly every five seconds, is just, you know, absolutely insane, you know? Uh, let's see, Filmy Professor, thank you very much for... Yeah, the part that I didn't understand yeah, was... Um, okay, so the the end credit scene from Captain Marvel was her showing up after they activated the pager. Mm-hmm. And she was like, where's Nick Fury? Right? Mm-hmm. So that was before she went and found Tony, I assume. Because how did she know where Tony was? You know what I'm saying? That's true. That is true. So, I think uh, the I think that they would explain it saying that the scene in Endgame is her first appearance and then she goes to find Tony and then that's when she comes back. And so that might be how they try to ex- explain it, I guess. But even then you think about it and you say, yeah, but they didn't really seem like they had met her before when she does arrive with Tony either. So, yeah, it's definitely confusing. But I think that's how they would explain it is that she the scene in Endgame, rather the scene in uh, Captain Marvel with her showing up is meant to convey that she met with them, found out Tony and Nebula had gone off on an adventure and needed to be saved because they were lost and then went out to try and find them. But as you said, how in the hell does she know where they are? Like, how does she find them? You know, she doesn't have telekinetic powers, at least not yet. Maybe that's the, you know, I don't know. It is interesting to, to, to see. That's why for me, the reason why her character sucks is because she is the literal embodiment of Deus Ex Machina. Like, she is the literal embodiment because, oh my gosh, Tony and Nebula are about to die. Oh, Captain Marvel's here to save the day. Oh, uh, Thanos' ship is about to destroy the universe, or as it's about to destroy the planet, destroy the Avengers. Oh, who shows up? Deus Ex Machina. Again, Captain Marvel comes in and flies through her sh- through the ship like butter. Like it's nothing, just like she did in Captain Marvel. And so you have all of this just nonsense going on on screen, and it's just hard to to stay focused on the really good elements of the film because there are really good elements of the film, but it's so hard to stay focused on those good elements when you got all of this just crap going on as well. I, I'm sorry, the part where Tony and um, Nebula are playing the paper football game. Yeah. And he obviously lets her win. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I, I was like, that is so sweet, you know, because she's, she's so um, overly competitive and it just, the joy that she got. I mean, she didn't really smile or anything, but yeah. you could tell what she won. She was just. That's was so great, cute. is that her character is consistent. Her character doesn't smile, and even in that sense of feeling good, she, she still stays consistent. But also, I love that scene and that moment because those are the two best characters in this movie. Like, my two favorite characters are, without a doubt, at least presented in this movie, are Nebula and are Tony Stark. They have the best character arcs. They have some of the best screen representation as far as just their characters making sense when a lot of the other characters don't make nearly as much sense. Have arcs that really don't really match up to what has been presented to us previously. And so it, it's interesting nonetheless. But I do want to get to a couple super chats. Uh, Film Me Professor, thank you for the super chat, says, uh, no Hulk showdown. Yes, thank you. That, that sucked. Um, and the fact the Infinity War... Thanos wasn't even there for the final battle were such big missed opportunities. Uh, and I haven't even started on the time paradoxes created. Yes, the time paradoxes, all the crap with time travel, huge issues for sure. And you mentioned another thing that pissed me off too, us getting freaking hipster Hulk 
and not letting having not having Hulk, you know, actually Hulk out at any point was so stupid. It was so stupid. It was a waste of the character, and yet it was funny for five seconds. But then he became nothing more than Hipster Hulk, and it was annoying. Uh, Dimaginai, thank you for the super chat. Says Captain Marvel served no purpose. The only purpose Captain Marvel served Dimaginai, because you're right for the most part. But the only thing, the only purpose that she served was she was the Deus Ex Machina, which is lazy story writing. And Titus, uh, Titus Mahler, thank you for the two dollar super chat. Says was there a payoff for Thanos knowing Stark in Infinity War? Um, I mean, so the, the big payoff at the end of the movie, the part that I loved and hated for different reasons was that the person that destroys Thanos and his entire army is Tony Stark. So for those that don't know, so Tony Stark is able to somehow build a, uh, a glove for himself that can withhold and can, uh, t- can hold onto all the infinity stones at once, how he's able to do that without the heart of a dying star. I sure as hell don't know, but Hey, it happens. So he has them all. And then the the last thing that he says, like his his last line, which is just fantastic, is him. He right before he snaps his fingers, he says, "I am Iron Man." Boom, snap. That was a great moment. However, it's preceded by the fact that he had a glove that could somehow, you know, hold all the Infinity Stones when it had already been pre-established that the only way that Thanos could even hold all the Infinity Stones at once was by going to that forge in the heart of a dying star where Mjolnir. Thor's hammer was created, where Stormbreaker was uh, created. So it basically insinuates that you can only create it in this very special place. And yet Tony Stark is able just to create it, you know, with his <laughs> with with his just general stuff. So based on what you've been hearing about this, Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts on some of the things that have been talked about? Uh, so, yeah, that seems like a retcon. <laughs> uh, I, that doesn't make sense to me. I... Again, my my opinion on such things is going to be very limited until I see it. But uh, yeah, I I'm already not liking that. Mm-hmm. Just just from hearing it, I'm uh, I kind of feel like I want to be like you're joking, right? You know, you're <laughs> pulling my leg since I haven't seen it. But yeah, oh my god, um, that's terrible. Yep. I, Yep, absolutely. Yeah, especially the glove doesn't make any sense. And some people try and say, "Oh, but he was struggling." But here, here's the problem, Hulk at one point, has the glove. And even Hulk himself, like, even Hulk himself is, like, burning just from, like, having the glove itself. Like, from the power of the glove. And yet, when, you know, and and the stones. And yet, Tony doesn't really have any of that. Some people say, oh, but he was obviously in pain. He was in pain because he had just gotten his ass whooped. He was in pain because he had just gotten his ass whooped by Thanos. They did not make it clear that he was feeling any pain from actually holding all of the stones because they show him with the stones and he's just there. And so I'm just like, all right, that's not consistent. And then basically by, uh, you know, by snapping and all that stuff, you basically have the same exact damage done to Thanos, Hulk and Iron Man and Tony Stark. All three are different characters with different powers and levels and yet somehow they receive the same damage. Now, of course, it kills Tony. So, spoiler there. So, Tony Stark does indeed die after the snap from the damage done. But also, why is it that Hulk received the same damage face, arm, as Thanos and also <laughs> as Tony Stark? I'm pretty sure that he's tough, you know, much tougher than Tony Stark is in his human form. And I'm pretty sure also that Hulk, at least in the comics, has the healing ability as well. But that seems to just fly out the window also. I, I mean, uh, it's a bit of a problem. 
Well, you know, I thought they were going to do something like, you know, uh, Hulk would only come out like right during a big battle with Thanos and rip the glove off. I mean, that would make the most sense to me, seeing like he could probably be the only one to do it. But I guess they totally did not go that direction. Yeah. As far as uh, Tony Stark being able to hold all five in that special glove, I mean, it took all the Guardians of the Galaxy just to hold one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it... This is really not making sense at all. No, and, and the, once the, you, yeah. Oh, I was just say once you establish something, you got to make sure that what comes after honors what came before. Mm -hmm. So it just seems like a huge retcon, and I'm, that irritates me. Yeah, and I think that the way that they'll explain it, because you know, obviously there are people that can come to the defensive and try and say, oh, but it's not, it's not a retcon because of this. So basically, the thought process is that well, the stones are there in the glove but they're not being used and that's why he can do it. It's only when they're, they're actually being used that you need to have a certain amount of power. So that, that's how they explain it saying, well, Tony has all five, but he's not using it until he snaps his fingers. So they're dormant somehow until he snaps his fingers, which I guess you can try and argue based on the fact that Thanos has the stones in his glove and that they're somewhat dormant, but also too, you, you really kind of have to make a bit of a stretch in order to get there and people keep i see uh, you know people in the chat saying yeah it was a temporary measure and it's like i'm sorry but how can you have a man-made glove that can hold all five in you know freaking infinity stones doesn't matter for how long and it'd be essentially like oh look how well they fit like seriously everything fits perfectly well and yeah it, it, it seriously doesn't make any sense and i know that there are gonna be people that are gonna try to explain it to their till they're blue in the face but uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, well, didn't Ebony Maul in like Infinity War say no one's had the power, nay, the nobility to hold not one but two stones? So I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, there's obviously something that happens when they're all together. Like that's obviously a, a huge thing, and so to have it on the one Infinity Gauntlet is a pretty big deal. The fact that he's able to hold it at all is just to me does, doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, his suit is great, I'm sure. But I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Tony Stark, as a human, can create something. Like, that would then, if you're insinuating that he can create a glove that can hold the Infinity Gauntlet, okay, then Tony Stark, you're saying, is smart enough that with human technology, could therefore make his own Mjolnir, could make his own Thor's hammer, could make his own Stormbreaker, and that obviously, as you can see, creates a lot of problems, because that's just not the case. That's just not yeah. true. So, uh, Christopher Cruz, welcome to the channel. Uh, I says, isn't Titan in our system? How were they marooned? I don't remember if it's in our system or not, but I think that's a fair question to ask. How were they marooned in the first place? Where were they trying to go? Uh, Titus Mahler says, surprised that no redemption at all for Star-Lord? Yeah, um, I'm not that surprised when you look at how they treated all their other male characters. Because <laughs> they don't treat the male characters very good in this movie. Other than Tony Stark, who gets a great character arc, and I would say for the most part, Captain America, but then again, they're the two that are that are leaving, so that kind of makes sense. All the other ones are either totally emasculated or are just not even relevant to the story. So obviously you got Hipster Hulk, who doesn't do anything, and then you have Fat Thor. And Fat Thor was funny for a second, and then you realize, oh, this is supposed to be one of the most powerful Avengers, and now 